Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsok for another edition of Star Wars Rank. Me to guess, ranking things in Star Wars, our favorites, the bestest of the bestest, and the things we love. Joining me today is Joseph Scripshaw. It is always a good day to talk about things that we love in general, uh, but also things we love in Star Wars on this podcast. Yes, we will. Uh, you know, I, I tried for a while another show on my old pop podcast feed called Life Ranked. It just didn't have the same passion because 
special passion for Star Wars. And you can only rank Del Taco food items so much. So Star Wars. <laughs> well, I, I would be happy to rank like the Star Wars characters who would enjoy Del Taco the most and maybe <laughs> combine the two. We did. Yeah, uh, that's a long time ago. I had you on uh, Knapsack Fossil. We did do a frozen pizza thing, I remember. Yes, that was a ton of fun. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Though the history, the history. <laughs> We've been podcasting so long here today on Star Wars Ranked. We are going to rank our favorite Star Wars pilots. A note up top. And as often as the case, uh, Joseph and I will have a topic. And then we don't really discuss the rules, but we seem to kind of land in a similar uh, little, little <laughs> landing spot for the rules. Uh, we are not co considering pilots who are really good at uh, piloting ships in the galaxy, like, say, Luke Skywalker, Poe Dameron, Han Solo, Harrison Dula, uh, maybe even Leox and Geode on the cusp, but not on this list. Uh, Joseph, we are thinking about those characters, those cockpit heroes or villains <laughs> that are known for being pilots. Yeah, that's exactly the way I approached this when we were talking about this, of like, who are the characters that that's like their main noun is Star Wars characters? Like maybe they're fleshed out in in books or comics or whatever, but particularly on screen, they're like, you know, who's the the cool person in this these various uh, space battles, trench runs? And when I just kind of closed my eyes to see images, yeah, I had images of, uh, you know, uh, various Jedi of uh, Ben Solo, Kylo Ren. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, no. <laughs> I want to pay tribute to to the people where we know their character names, but sometimes we know their call signs even better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And th and that's the spirit of this one here. And, and Star Wars Rank is always about uh, our favorites. In fact, anytime you're ranking thing in Star Wars, even the conversation with your friend at a bar, it's really about your favorites. And we're celebrating that kind of stuff here. So we are not here to debate the fastest, the best, the best shot. Uh, <laughs> that might be uh, why we love some of these characters and why we feel strongly about them. But it's uh, it's. Their appearances and their place in the Star Wars story from movies, shows, comics, and uh, who knows more because there's a lot of video game pilots out there as mm. well. Uh, Joseph, if you're ready, we are going to begin our list working our way five to one with your number five. Yeah, so my number five, sometimes we start with uh, the challenge of <laughs> right. what problem we had to avoid. And for me, I think it's partially because of, uh, as we often say, we grew up with the original trilogy and we try to own that that uh, colors our perspective sometimes. I had a hard time not making half of this list of uh, pilots from A New Hope from the trench run. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so I had to go like, okay, but, you know, a lot of them could be on the list. Who, I, who do I want to put on this list and why? And for me, I went to Gold 5, Davish Pops Crail. Uh, this is not about the the uh, quality of his skills as a pilot. Uh, it certainly seems to be an absolutely competent, good, solid pilot. This is much more about my relationship with uh, the film Star Wars because I watched it for many years going, hey, I know who that character is. I know who that character is because like, a, a book or a trading card told me or whatever. Um, but I realized uh, when I started studying for trivia, I have been quoting this brave pilot for <laughs> years and I have no idea what his name is. How disrespectful of me. So I, I enjoyed learning who Davish Pops Crail was, that he is gold five, that he's from Dantooine, uh, that he's played by Graham Ashley. Uh, but the reason that he is just an absolute hero is because he's got some of the greatest quotes in Star Wars, some of the ones that can absolutely be used in day-to-day -day life. Uh, in particular, stay on target, stay right. on target, right? That's him. <laughs> it's him. Yeah, I mean, like, my friends uh, said that to one another 
uh, during silly moments, during, right. you know, times we get together to talk about relationship problems and people be like, stay on target. And like, okay, yeah. no. <laughs> I got relationship advice from Davis Crail, uh, secondhand. Like that, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll let you keep going on pops. I, I, I love that about him because like I, I attributed stay on target to others for a long time until I too had that moment of no, it's good old pops. <laughs> it's pops who said that that's gold five. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, as many people have, we've had some, had some fun with the jokes about star Wars mm. and, uh, his other famous line, it lends itself to some jokes that I don't need to repeat because uh, people have said them plenty, uh, but the, they came from behind is a great Star Wars line and it, some jokes come up around it. Uh, so also like two of the greatest quotes, like even setting aside any any making jokes about it. They came from behind is a, just a that's a great final uh, line, right? Of like trying to get to part, get, you know, impart the information before your imminent death. Yeah, and and uh, and a hero, you know, goes down, goes down for the fight, goes down for the cause, man. And and, and I love, and he's he's pops, he's older, so I'd, I'd love, you know, I'd love him to show up in a lot of other material. Absolutely, absolutely. Do, do you think he survived? <laughs> Did he eject? <laughs> he, eja- he ejected. <laughs> he's got robot spider legs. He's ready. <laughs> he survived on not hate, but persistence. Uh, the other fun thing, because I, I was pretty sure, like, yeah, no, I, I think there is a controversy around him. Uh, a couple controversies. It, so many, so few lines, and, and yet he, he is uh, able to generate uh, controversy because mm. he has the line, lost Tyree, lost Hutch, right? Right. And it's, uh, and it's Dutch uh, in canon, right? Yep. Uh, and then right after that, uh, there's this uh, piece I pulled from Wikipedia. After informing Red Leader Garvin Drace of the deaths of Vander and Tyree, uh, Drace refers to him, uh, being Crail, as Gold Leader. It is unknown if this is a movie mistake, an error made by the in-universe character, or Drace simply acknowledging that Crail was now the acting commander of Gold Squadron. (laughs) I take it as that. I think I always take it as that. Field promotion, man. Field promotion. Uh, yeah, I, I take it is a lot of incredibly talented but overworked filmmakers <laughs> desperately trying to make this thrilling, exciting movie happen and get onto screens uh, in May of 1977 uh, yeah. it, without the knowledge that decades later <laughs> we'd be like, uh, his name is Dutch. Yeah. Yeah, um, there, a podcast. What is that? They're going so this uh, uh, pops represents. One of the weirdest online fights I got with a listener. I want to. I won't say troll. They were. Just, they were listener. I think it was even on uh, Jedi Alliance. It was back in the day. Then I mentioned I like John Dutch Vander, and remember he shows Dutch shows back up in Rebels. Right. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that episode. I think Maude and I were. And someone was in the comments like, "You're wrong. His name's not John Dutch Vander. It's Hutch." And I said, "No, I, I understand that Pops, you know, says that, but this is the character." And they kept it was went on for comment after comment of no, uh, 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 Gold Gold Five says Hutch. I, I, yes, I I realized that he says that. And I was putting Wikipedia links. His name is it's an heir. It's it's a known heir, but that's the character's name. And so I always have a, a, a an affection for for Pops. Uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to defend his heir in the in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I think th- th- this is fascinating to me about it of like, uh, 
that one of his last acts is not only giving them incredibly important information that they came from behind, that's vital strategic tactical information, but then also like, sorry, misspoke. (laughs) (laughs) Your name's Dan and I called you Dave. My bad. Anyway, um, I got to die now. You know, look, uh, have you ever, uh, you know, had two dogs at once and you turned to one and and called him Rover when it was uh, Barky? You know, I don't know. And who names your dog Barky? I don't know. I never did. Um, I listened to many older people, usually grandparents, uh, when they're maybe uh, upset with someone running through the name of every person in their lives, (laughs) trying to remember the person that they're upset with right now. Uh, Steve, Benny, Tony, Danner, who, who am I yelling at? And so I think that's part of Pops's uh, mystique at his art. He's he's a little older. He's just flummoxed. Dutch, Hutch, I don't know. I can't remember. John, he's he's gone. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, not here anymore to correct me. So uh, that's what I'm getting at. I guess I'm gold leader now. <laughs> I do really love that though from uh, uh, from Drace that that the idea that he was he was acknowledging you're in command now, Davish. Oh gosh. Oh, you're gone. <laughs> oh God. Uh, anyway so joking around and having some fun with it but also just in the context of you know uh, putting on your serious hat like he's he's a great uh stalwart right he's older he's in the fight he's doing what he can you know he's given some good older person advice stay on target stay on target love it love it and part of uh that built-in story to star wars right you don't know uh, when you're watching that trench run you don't know where it comes from you don't always from dantooine you don't know any of that but he's he's been around he's part of the fight and he's got a story to tell, and he's part of the landscape. Love that. Yeah, so he's my number five pilot. Well, that was going back to 1977 with your number five, and my number five is going to be a little bit more current, sneaking a, a newer pilot on the list. Uh, I think if you've listened to Force Center a lot in the last couple of years, you know uh, this name was probably going to pop up. My number five is Captain Carson Teva. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a pilot. But also, I thought about just uh, saying uh, he's the New Republic gumshoe, and that's uh, what he's known for. Shows up in Mandalorian. Uh, just you know, he was even in the trailer, right? We 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 heard him in the uh, in the trailer, and and we had no idea that a love affair was about to begin between so many <laughs> Star Wars fans and uh, Carson Teva. So he, uh, to me, kind of represents that same kind of thing, you know, gray in his beard. He's been around. He's in the fight. And um, for me, I think he's really got this wonderful spirit of uh, the rebellion turned the republic where he's uh, not done caring and trying to be plugged in with what's going on in the galaxy. He's got, um, you know, so many uh, there's just a calmness to him. There is a. Uh, a measured response to situations. He's got hard lines you're not going to cross, but he's also going to work with the the spirit of the law, uh, not just the letter of the law. And I think he represents a lot of the, the greatness that is the New Republic, uh, portrayed so wonderfully by Paul Sun Young Lee, who is this Star Wars fan, a great actor, Kim's Convenience, of course, where Dave Filoni sees him. But he's been, you know, dressing up as uh, X-Wing pilots and, and other uh, Star Wars characters as a cosplayer for years. So for him to get in that, it just... It just was a big celebration for fandom, for a performer who wanted to be in Star Wars, crafting this character that is still going, uh, still going strong, showing up again, and uh, I believe will show up again. Um, and then the other thing, you know, I said like, I, I had that frustration, a little bit of frustration with the Mando storyline of of 
someone in the New Republic has to be paying attention. You know, what's going on? Uh, Moff Gideon, the, the remnant of Imperial stormtroopers, that, that that can't go unnoticed. And here comes Carson Teva to be like, this can't go unnoticed. And so I felt seen. <laughs> I felt seen by this wonderful character that's uh, got quite a fan base around it. Yeah, he's so great. He is one of those characters that I didn't put on my list because I knew you would. Uh, so I felt... Uh, Felt safe. Uh, yeah, he's so great on every level that you're talking about. Um, if he was just kind of like a one and done pop in appearance, he'd be fun because he's got that vibe of like the yeah. kind of character that you would expect to be five years out from Return of the Jedi of like, yeah. I have been around the galactic block. Uh, I was I was one kind of pilot. Now I'm another. I used to be a fighter pilot. Now I'm kind of a, a a beat cop who checks on the neighborhood, but the neighborhood is the outer rim, you know, uh, and what, you know, in other, in days gone by might be, you know, a, a horse. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of galloping along, checking on things. Uh, and the fact that he's played by a comedian um, or at least an actor with comedy chops, yeah. uh, you know, he, he's not out there doing bits, but there's that weight of, to me, there's a, a certain kind of comedy that I really like of, uh, I would call it um, <laughs> sighing comedy, maybe, of the person who's like Ben or like, oh, boy. And, you know, even in his most recent appearance in Book of Boba Fett, where he's kind of got to put the like the the shoulder on the hand of the younger one going, yeah, yeah no, we don't. Uh, you know, let's, let's just take a beat and figure out how we want to do this. Is this about pedantic letter of the law stuff or is this about? Mm-hmm big picture trying to figure out what's really going on like it, it, i think you know carson teva is he's that guy who's so committed but when he gets up in the morning and puts on his flight suit you know there are so many groans and sighs you know <laughs> yeah. just gotta do it again get in that ship at today's work go home have uh have some uh, green milk and rest you know yeah and there are a couple of people in my life a friend back in minneapolis a, a, a comedy friend in la that they've got that vibe they're like you, down deep good thoughtful people but their comedy is kind of the oh boy here we go again <laughs> I think, yeah yep, that's another reason i think i connect with Tava. <laughs> yeah yeah so so good and then yeah i love what you, you've been saying about um how he is the person who is actually pulling the thread that you're screaming about at the screen does anybody care about this and i really think it's becoming clear that the storylines that favreau and filoni are sharing are this is their their story of the era of the new republic five years after mm. the empire's fall five or whatever exact number of years if they ever deign to to tell us officially <laughs> um and that carson teva right now is holding up a major major pillar of story mostly by himself Yes. Oh, the weight on those uh, wonderful shoulders uh, is is pretty strong. Yeah, and and, and uh, you know it's going to be a patience issue, right? We'll see where it shows up again, where he shows up again, where the where the story, where that thread is really uh, just pulled, yanked, just uh, uh, as as the plot starts to un- unravel. And I just can't wait, man. And and you know the the, the Rangers of the New Republic does, it doesn't look like it's happening. And who knows what that was going to be? I don't even know if they knew exactly what that was going to be. But I was. That was that was to me the Carson Teva starring vehicle, and maybe we'll still get it in some way. Carson yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the whether it's called Rangers of the New Republic, whether it's folded into Ahsoka or yet to be announced show, I really feel like they're setting Carson Teva up to be yeah. the person who goes like, "What's going on with these Imperial remnants?" And a great story to see that 
does it get uh, squashed and everybody thinks like, yep, that was the last burst? Or is Carson Teva, <laughs> does he end up being this kind of rare character in Star Wars where like he's screaming and no one will listen his entire life because he's the one who's figured out like, I think they're starting something. <laughs> like I'm, he's been screaming about the first order. Like when the first order is officially revealed and everybody's dealing with it, is Carson Teva like decades older going like, I tried to tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think he was there at the Battle of Exegol. I think we'll find out. Maybe uh, maybe a lot older, maybe not piloting a ship, but I think he was like grabbing people in his neighborhood saying, let's go, let's go. It's time. It's time for I'm a man of honor. And I love that description of Wikipedia. They say man of honor. He believed in the new republic and was respected by his peers, including his wingmate Trapper Wolf. <laughs> yeah, great pick. Uh, that's uh, my number five, Carson Teva. We're up to your number four, our favorite Star Wars pilots. What do you got? We are jumping back to the prequel era, uh, and this is a character who I've always appreciated, but also had the pleasure of looking up for trivia purposes. The call sign is Bravo 5 from The Phantom Menace. Uh, the character's name is Danae Elberger, <laughs> which is great because it sounds like a Star Wars name. It's mm -hmm. got uh, the emphasis, uh, the same in that traditional uh, Naboo way, like uh, Padme and Sabe. Uh, but Danae Elberger also sounds like somebody that would maybe do my taxes for me. It's Absolutely. kind of an Earth name. <laughs> uh, so I love this pilot um, because it was great in 1999 to as much as I, I loved all of the... Um, the uh the older dudes <laughs> yeah. doing the trench run and uh, and being pilots all throughout the original trilogy it was great to see some different faces in 1999 yeah. and the fact that it's a, it was a a middle-aged woman and um mm -hmm. you know that I, that uh desire as i get older <laughs> to see middle-aged people of all kinds represented uh, only gets stronger uh for some reason and then the phantom menace is just this endless uh rich um collection of oh wow i didn't realize it was that quite well-known actor right oh yeah uh celia imry is a staple of uh of uh british theater in a ton of movies that different people would know her from uh, uh calendar girls uh, bridget jones diary the mamma mia sequel uh, malevolent uh she has of course been on an episode of doctor who because she's a talented british actor so <laughs> all of them have um so there was that fun of like, oh, and that's actually like, I'd never even noticed that. Mm. Uh, and she's got a couple of uh, great lines flying her N1 Starfighter. Uh, there is, uh, you know, the moment where Anakin is uh, about to come out and the ship is starting to explode, the Trade Federation ship. And she's got the line of, what's that? It's blowing up from the inside. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely classic line. Uh, and her other line is uh, a line that I think I've I've enjoyed before, but really appreciated when I was kind of scrubbing through for her big moments. Uh, when Bravo Squadron, uh, led by Rick Ollier, is uh, approaching, you know, the Trade Federation launches all those uh, vulture droid ships. And Rick Ollier says, fighters, straight ahead. And we cut to a couple different pilots saying, Roger, Bravo leader. Uh, so she says, Roger, Bravo leader. But I was enjoying it from the context of this is yet another moment of blatant exposition by Rick Ollier because <laughs> there is just a huge explosion of fighters. And there is absolutely no way that Rick Ollier had any advantage of seeing them than all of the other pilots. He wasn't rounding a bend. like <laughs> Coming around the corner. <laughs> They're like, so so you can in, interpret Roger Bravo leader is like, yes, Rick. Yes, yes. we know. Yeah. I imagine at a, a, a you know, lunch break uh, after the day after the fight, like uh, Rick's always saying what we know. 
He's always saying he's great. I love him. I love, I love him to death, but he's always saying what we know. Uh, there's ketchup on this burger. Like, we, we know we're all we're all eating the burger. Yeah, we know. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, and then this was a detail that I never knew that I found on uh, on Wikipedia. A quote uh, from Celia Imri. I was up for the part of Darth Vader's mother in the new Star Wars films, but I didn't get it, which I was upset about. But they offered me the part of a fighter pilot instead. <laughs> I, wow. I, this is all stuff I didn't. Yeah, look at this. Oh, you got to go to the Legends tab and there's uh, so much more. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sure in Legends, like who knows? Who knows what all uh, Danae has accomplished in Legends? I mean, she probably was a Jedi at one point. That's, uh, that's <laughs> probably true. Oh man, I'm gonna. This is one of those uh, bookmark. This I'm gonna come back and read some more in there. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like I think a, a part of the thrill of uh, you know what we're talking about with these pilots are just like that brief snapshot. Uh, talk about tip of the iceberg storytelling on Star Wars all the time, mm-hmm. and just seeing you know a, a, a different kind of person, a different kind of attitude in the cockpit is that great tip of the iceberg to make you go like. Well, what's their deal? Why did they join? What did they care about? How do they feel about that fight? You know, is she absolutely flying home and, and talk to the people in her life about like, it's great that we won the battle. Rick kept pointing out the obvious again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love this. There's a great spirit to it. And this volunteer uh, force that defends Naboo, it, 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 uh, it, I, I, we, we've been talking about that meaning a little bit in some other places here. And so for her, this, yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, a middle-aged woman who who knows her background maybe she you know is picking up uh the the old uh pilot cap after years of not doing it because she feels she needs to and now she's in this fight and the fight is real and the fight isn't volunteer it is it is a brutal fight uh up in space and 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 part of uh the Naboo Naboo people and the Gungans combine to to defend uh, what they feel is theirs and and what is right. I I love that about her and always thought, and it was great too, because I think the trivia of, well, you know, there's supposed to be an older female in in, uh, I think the Return of the Jedi dogfights, right? And that got cut or or even uh, maybe New Hope, I can't remember. And so it just kind of felt even 99, like, ah, yeah, we're, we're, we're putting that back in. We're putting that back in. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's my number four, Bravo 5. Bravo 5, an N1 Starfighter having its day in the sun. My number four, uh, we are going to another classic. We are going to that trench run, and I'm going to apologize in advance to our friend uh, Alex Damon, who, if he's listening, is probably throwing something at his uh, transistor radio that I'm sure he listened to us on. Uh, my number four is a classic. It is Big's Dark Lighter. Mm. I think in many ways... Um, he is uh, the template for the this type of character, right? And and I, I I might use that phrase again in this list for another character, but the character with um, he's there for the fight. We don't have the deleted scenes at this point in seventy seven. You know, you're you're hearing about him, or maybe you're reading about him in the novel, but we don't see Biggs in his cape and leather pants on Tatooine. At <laughs> we don't see that. We just see this guy who, even in before the special editions, is kind of like. Wait, do they know each other? I guess they do. Okay, you have to pick up the story and, and uh, with with one or two lines to take it from there. And I just think that's part of the allure of Star Wars. We always talk about that. You, you love uh, the tip of the iceberg storytelling kind of a look at that. So he represents that. He represents sacrifice. He represents the cost of what the rebels were doing. That was kind of the big death of other other than Obi Wan. Uh, Pops and all these other folks are going. The trench run is. It's going, but we felt that one. We we felt that one, and Luke had a had a, a had a connection to that. So it, it helped has to do with Luke's story, has to do with the story of the rebellion, and then that mustache and the look, and it just kind of set the t- template for what you want your pilots to kind of uh, look and act like in the cockpit. So big Dark Glider for your uh, contributions to the cause and to the story of Star Wars. That's why he's on my list. 
Yeah, I will never forget the the thrill when I turned a corner of some Target and saw the Biggs action figure, and that for me was the moment I learned his last name was Biggs Darklander, or at least that's the that's the moment I remember learning right. it and right. going like, "Damn, that's great!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, there's so much about Biggs that is that is great. Uh, Alex is right. Uh, <laughs> Alex Damon is right to to love Biggs Darklander. Um, yeah, I remember even you know watching the VHSs a bunch more. Uh, long before the special edition came out and kind of known from, you know, reading books. And I, I think even in the storybook, there's a picture of, uh, you know, Biggs in cape and leather pants. Yep. yep. <laughs> there's this great vibe to him that that really spoke to me because uh, I, I have an older brother, three years older, that he's got such big brother vibes, right? Mm-hmm. He's the grown up that Luke is uh, looking up to the cool old slightly older friend who has gone off and, and joined uh the big world right yeah. and he's got that mustache <laughs> that says like oh uh, uh, yeah like uh, that, that that's the, the older brother has the mustache first like can luke even grow a mustache uh during the events of a new hope i don't know um <laughs> So there's so much that he's coded as like, don't worry, I got you, kid. We're going to do this together. And you know what? You belong here with us. Step up, young one. Uh, And it makes it even more scary that he's the one who got who goes. Right. 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 That he's the one who doesn't survive. And then, you know, I remember, you know, watching the original trilogy again and again, uh, you know, in, in the 90s and just always marveling at like. Luke has to forgive Vader for so much. His dad just killed his best friend. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Added wrinkle. <laughs> I would have loved seeing that Return of the Jedi extended conversation on the on the on the catwalk before they go to the Emperor. By the way, can I tell I had a, I had a good pal of mine. <laughs> I know. I, I, it's a great comedy scene of like Luke uh, pulling out his list of grievances. Like, <laughs> look, you know, I gave you I knew there was good in you. But like, look, look, that let's yeah. let's chat. Yeah, I love it. The legend of the Dark Lighter family, too. I love in the Last Jedi novelization, the Jason Fry written prologue of of uh, what happened. Uh, you know, if Luke didn't get involved, and and the family of Biggs is punished by the Empire for his involvement in the you know, traitorous attack on the Death Star. I, there's just something about that family and what the relationship to Luke and no one. And I just uh, you know I love the idea of little Luke going to hang out at Big's house to play video games after school. You know, <laughs> Dark Butter House. It's just something there. And and Big's represents a lot of that to me. Not just a cool mustache and a great helmet, by the way, and uh, uh, and almost hanging on the end, but just represents uh, Luke's beginnings, and that that means a lot as a Star Wars fan. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'm glad you mentioned helmet because uh, I that's one of the kind of deep dives of Star Wars nerdery that I've been getting into a little bit more. I do not have them memorized uh, the way other people do, but just kind of realizing, oh, that's that's like another yeah. <laughs> topic you can major in in uh, Star Wars trivia is uh, helmet designs. And man, is Biggs Darklighter's helmet design cool as hell. It's I, I think it might be the it might be the all timer. Maybe one day we'll do that Star Wars ranked after you and I research the helmets. <laughs> Maybe Alex will have to guest on that one because I think he does the helmets better than I do for sure. Uh, but yeah, Biggs helmet mustache. He's got it all. And uh, rest in peace, Big. But he's my number four, which means we're up to your number three. Uh, my number three, we are flying into the books. This is one of my absolute favorite uh, pilots, so I had to include him. Uh, it is uh, from a series of books uh, that is all about pilots. They get out and do other stuff, but their defining trait is that they are pilots. We are going to the Alphabet Squadron trilogy, Ken, and to, uh, I love so many of those characters, but the one I was drawn to is Wild Lark. 
He is my number three. Um, I think the thing that I love about Wile is um, that, you know, that I really love that Alphabet Squadron trilogy and uh, almost all the characters do have a relationship with uh, their ships and with their philosophy of flying and with their philosophy of why they're in uh, the the rebellion slash now it's the new republic right yeah, yeah. um in wild story right that he comes from this planet that uh says hey we we need to contribute to the good of everybody so we're going to send this many pilots uh mm-hmm. that's so great um the backstory of what his relationship to flight is uh there's this a great description of the character that uh that came from del rey so i'm just going to read that a youth spent on the backs of flying beasts on his peaceful remote homeworld gave Wild Lark a near supernatural gift for piloting and a well of kindness and empathy that has never run dry. But war is a precarious place for a soul as gentle as his. Um, you know, that's everything that I was going to say, and I found it on Wikipedia. So I thought, you know what, I'll just let Wikipedia do some talking. <laughs> but that's really what it is that the... the he in some ways feels like the ultimate pilot because that's his culture. It's not an, and also right. Yeah. It's uh, just like who he is in the fact that he can translate that just sort of natural understanding of flight from the organic experience of, of riding a beast on his, you know, fantasy homeworld to the science fiction of flying, you know, a fast ship in a wing, a stripped down, you know, mm. make uh, quick turns A-wing. Uh, that's so cool. And then on top of it, I th- I feel like he is in some ways as a character, he's kind of talking to, to Luke Skywalker in A New Hope, right? Because he's yeah. the young guy who means well. He's the guy who would say, I care, the same way Luke yeah. does in A New Hope. Uh, but he doesn't have all of these other, you know, uh, elements that, that Luke does. So you can really kind of just like, I feel like Wild Lark is this exploration of taking this one kind of part of Luke Skywalker and making that this entire great character who goes through, you know, a great transformation of like I, trying to hold on to his his kindness and his empathy, but having a hard time as he goes through war and just really celebrating that picture of the, you know, amazing young pilot who loves the thrill of flying, not thrilled to be in war, but doing what he can. I love I love what you're saying about this character. It's a great choice, and there's some wonderful characters in the Alphabet Squadron books. Of course, uh, you know, Commanding Officer Erica Quill, Chasna Chaddock, so many people in in that series to celebrate. Uh, if you guys haven't taken a, a deeper dive, I do it. They're they're, they're denser books. Uh, they're they're very serious at times, somber, but uh, do capture that spirit of of a of a squadron of fighter pilots out in the galaxy. And I think at the end of the day, we really love them here at Force Center and Lark. If, you know, if you just say, "Hey, you know, uh, Wild Lark, what do you think?" I, I would describe, uh, I would, I would try to describe him as this soft soul in the is stuck in the hardness of war and mm. figuring out his place in that, right? And, and he's part of, like you mentioned, the the 120 that is home world that he refers to as home, right? Um, sends out and and um, his relationship to that relationship to this greater cause beyond himself. And that's so important to Star Wars, but just this. Not everyone is this, you know, pops, you know, old, uh, I've been to the fight. Let me join it. Uh, Carson Tev, I feel probably feels at home uh, in, in uh, this new Republic uh, military and, and, and feels he's making a difference that way. I, you know, Lark, I don't know if he ever really did. Yeah. Right. That's part of his growth. Um, and, but he, answering this higher call, that's, that's my memories of that character. 
over over uh, the course of that series. And so he's he's a great choice and represents us so much uh, uh, in the spirit of the rebellion. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing that I that I uh, forgot that I really want to highlight is I love how he really treats his ship like it's sentient, right? Like mm-hmm. it has feelings <laughs> in that it's not just like a hot rod of like, oh, that, that part got blasted off of like really talks to it and coaxes it and knows like, well, this I'm, I'm going to ask something difficult of you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I know you got it in you. Like, I just love that perspective. And, you know, you get in the course of the books, you get to see that a little bit and then you go back and really understand his history of flight and it makes so much sense. But, you know, mm-hmm. as somebody who likes to like name uh, my coffee maker is <laughs> <laughs> fun for me to see a pilot who is like, hey, you know, we're in this together, a wing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And his, uh, his relationship with that, the type fighter pilot uh, uh, that he knows for a while is blink. Like just everything about him is, is a different approach to, uh, to joining the fight. Uh, but, but keeping in, in, in line with a lot of things Star Wars talks about. Oh man, good choice. Absolutely. Yeah. So the wild lark is my number three. And, you know, maybe he'll show up in live action. At this point, it's all on the table, you know? If we can get some of the characters we've uh, seen pop up in other, uh, you know, Disney Plus material, maybe, maybe uh, Adventures of Teva and Lark will, will show up. Oh, I would be thrilled. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great choice for your number three. We're up to my number three. And play the vaudevillian villain music. I'm going to a Imperial. Uh, Captain Volt. Scaris is on my list here. <laughs> I was trying to think, you know, I don't want to celebrate the bad guys, uh, but it, this is also about this list is about our favorites and and the emotions uh, they cause uh, to, to spring up in our Star Wars hearts. And this character, Volt Scaris from Star Wars Rebels, he ends up flying the TIE Defender. He's at Sky Strike Academy when uh, they go rescue uh, Wedge and, and Hobby. And he, he's got the look, talk about mustaches uh, with uh, Biggs Darklighter. Darklighter's got that cool 70s uh, rock mustache there, like he's going to open up for a Hall of Notes uh, bread in Chicago. Volt Scaris has got the, it's 1885, and I'm going to uh, you know drink your milkshake. Like, here I am. <laughs> Timing might be off on uh, that character, I know. Um, and I just, I think that's, uh, I love that. I love having, if we got fighter aces, I like to have kind of their counterparts on, on the old bad side there. It, it, it harkens back to some GI Joe stuff. It, it harkens back to maybe even uh, some, you know, older war films or something. And it just kind of rounds out the star Wars world that they aren't just these faceless tie fighter pilots that uh, get blown out of the sky sometimes rather easily. It is a threat. It is someone who is, uh, has, a, has a name, has a, a purpose, uh, evil as it may be. And uh, like I said, uh, when they show up, you know you're in trouble. And I love, um, I just love having him uh, in Star Wars Rebels, representing that for uh, the crew of the Ghost and uh, the Rebel Alliance at that time. And is uh, working with uh, Thrawn and uh, just showing the Tide Defender showing up in Rebels was fun too. So everything about it, play the music, play the ominous organ music. Vault Scarus is my choice. Yeah, no, Vault Scaris is great because I think he is one of those uh, characters. Like, maybe that's what I'm, I'm thinking about with some of these pilots. You know, by definition, the the spaceship battles and the piloting is a little on the science fiction side of Star Wars. Yeah. So I like when some uh, kind of space fantasy elements creep into it. And, like, there's something about uh, Vault Scaris. Like, that's such... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that is such like, yeah, like you're saying an old vaudeville uh, villain name or, you know, it, it sounds like something that could definitely have been in, in Flash Gordon. Yeah. So he's got a little bit of that pulpy quality. And even look at this picture of him. Yeah, like that. That's a mean mustache and that vicious yeah. widow's peak. Right. 
Yes, yes. <laughs> he he, abs- he looks like evil Arrow Flynn, and it's like absolutely, you know, evoking that era, that style, right? Like, um, yep. I think, uh, you know, Snoopy might imagine this guy trying to shoot him down when he's <laughs> pretending right. to be a World War One flying ace. There's something about it. There's something, I'm even thinking of like uh, the six-figured man from, uh, you know, Princess Bride, uh, Christopher Guest's role, where it's just like, it's that villain that when he shows up, you're like, this isn't good, and our hero needs to get him. And and I I would love to see that kind of show up again in Star Wars too. And from time to time, these type of characters pop up, but someone that just is there for a while. You know, I think like Moff Gideon in, in Mando isn't he's a leader. Uh, we get we get our leaders, but someone who's on the ground, who's just that uh, a little bit like what Phasma was for Finn. Uh, but when Phasma sh- shows up, you know it's trouble. But uh, Volt Scaris, give me one of those just ace fighter villains. I would love that kind of concept to be played with again in Star Wars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think he is a great choice. I love to be scared of him. Uh, yeah, and I don't think I uh, I don't think there's a figure out there yet that I know of. I will mm-hmm. dig and find out. Maybe we need a Volt Scaris there as well. <laughs> so uh, that is my number three choice, which means we're up to your number two choice, Joseph. Uh, my number two, we're going animated as well. We're going to Star Wars Resistance. Uh, Star Wars Resistance is one of those uh, great shows that ha- had uh, some time set aside for the pilots. There was a lot of mm-hmm. uh, focus on the pilots. Uh, there was a great uh, racing team who ended up uh, doing a, a lot of combat as the show went on. Uh, and there is a character that I, we both like. We've talked about before. Not surprising given some of our tendencies. <laughs> a lot of great characters. Uh, but I went with uh, the honest reaction for myself. Uh, my number two is Griff Halloran uh, flying the Black Ace. Uh, there, uh, I almost went uh, with uh, Toradoza, but I feel like Toradoza is known as a pilot, but she does so much else in the show. Yep. Uh, and I, I was kind of interested in, in picking one of the characters that we primarily know as uh, their thing is being a pilot. Um, yeah. yeah. Griff Halloran, uh, uh, voiced, of course, by Stephen Stanton, who does an amazing amount of voices in Star Wars. But uh, he was one of the characters that was, for me, like the best tip of the iceberg, right? Because yeah. he's this uh, gruff older guy, which you and I uh, clearly gravitate toward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the whole ex-imperial thing, where he is in this entirely new era, and he's still wearing some of that insignia, but it's been changed, right? He's got the the helmet but it's got the the white paint on it uh he flies that modified tie but it is incredibly modified to kind of look like the ETA2 Jedi starfighter right uh, so it uh it, you know evokes uh, those vibes uh so i remember just when we were seeing images i think before uh the show actually premiered it was like oh great i want to know the history of that i want to know what it's like to have somebody be like yeah this is who i was mhm this is my identity. I was a TIE fighter pilot and I it, obviously I'm not that anymore, but I'm not entirely leaving it behind. I'm going to play honest with people that I was a part of that and it's still a part of me. And, you know, what does that mean? Uh, and I love the the backstory that uh, that he uh, defected with uh, Emmanuel Doza. Yeah. And, and uh, I would kind of even love more about this character. We got a little bit in pieces, but he's definitely one of those characters are like, there's so many interesting stories to be told in that era around the sequel trilogy. And I think he's just such a great representative of that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You and I were just drawn to this character. Let's see older grain or gray hair, grumpy. Yes. Sign, sign, sign <laughs> me up. I would love to see that. Yeah. And as far as like, um, 
And I have I have a great shirt uh, that I, I got of him. It's just his helmet. It, it's just a great design. It pops, and that's one of the reasons beyond the grumpiness. We were we were drawn to Griff early on. Just everything about it. And yeah, that story it does it too. Tordos is a great character, but I think you're right. I, I don't think either her is just a pilot. Now, you know, none of these characters are just pilots, but obviously that's our, our list here today. But Emmanuel Doz is such an interesting character to me too. I'd love to hear more about that. And yeah, them defecting uh, at the time uh, around the time the Battle of Endor, as it says here. Love that. So much more storytelling. Uh, and obviously we're big fans of Steven around these parts and voices him so well. But if this character was to go live action, I do have my fantasy casting. It it, it would be Stephen Lang. Ooh. I'd love to have Stephen Lang, uh, who's been in so many things. I love him all the way back Tombstone, uh, uh, where he's uh, one of the uh, cowboys in that, in that picture. Um, uh, so many uh, movies he's been in, um, uh, you know, uh, 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 Avatar, of course, a lot of people know him from, but, but Stephen Lang, who is uh, who who kind of looks older, gray, buff, grumpy, like <laughs> put him in live action, like I, I, I you sync up the timelines, put him in there, yeah, Griff, everything about him, and I just love that. I, I don't think we get enough. I mean, there's great stories, but I don't think we get enough of uh, defecting from the Empire. Singer in the Aftermath series represents a lot of that for me, too. But I, mm-hmm. I love that and, and how that would happen and that would make sense. And and how do you deal with that? And what's your identity and why you, cho- you made those choices? Uh, you know, Bodhi Rook is probably the best example of a whistleblower helping the galaxy, but I'm sure he's not the only one. Um, Iden Versio, you know, it's funny, I'm thinking of other examples as I'm talking about it. But, you know, I, I, I do like that. I, I do like that being analyzed. So Griff represents that for me as well. Yeah, yeah. And no, I think the you know, some of the examples you're talking about, they're from books, they're from video games. Griff is the little bit we've seen of that on screen. Uh, and it would be great to see even more of that. I think what's, you know, Bodhi's fascinating because he is making this pivot in the moment. But mm-hmm. Griff has clearly, it's been a while and he's still holding on to some of that iconography, right? Yeah. That's what's so fascinating about And same thing with uh, with Singer, you know, he's he's not holding on to the iconography, but he's still kind of like, that's a part of his identity and he's not trying to ignore it, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great stuff to be explored. Also, uh, my final thought on Griff is to agree with your uh, Stefan Lang casting because almost every picture I'm finding of him on the internet, he's wearing black. He's wearing black with a tank top. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's ready. He's ready to be Griff Halloran. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, all respect to Steven, who will, uh, I'm sure, have more voices in Star Wars. But if we go live action, I'm, 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 I'm rooting for that there. But we'll see. Um, that's a great list. Uh, great. It's like you almost chose an Imperial Ace, right? He kind of <laughs> is. I, I got as close to an Imperial Ace as I could. <laughs> Love it. Is your number two. We're up to my number two. After that, we'll take a quick break, talk about honorable mentions, get to our number one choices. But my number two choice for my favorite Star Wars pilot is another one of my uh, favorite mentions and favorite references. Uh, it's a character that uh, I went I immediately went, oh, okay, I like that character. And then the more you learn, the more you just kind of uh, really grow to appreciate and respect what this character uh, represents in Star Wars. And that is Lieutenant Talison Tally Lintra. <laughs> oh, I love Tally. Look, Tally's great. Hermione Corfield, uh, we always say, is so good at cockpit acting. Like she should <laughs> teach a master class on how to uh, get the most out of sitting in a, a cockpit on a set and saying one or two lines um, without a doubt, you know, Hey, look, she's, uh, she's kind of this, uh, you, you look at her at, at a quick surface level. You're like this you know, cute little buttony a wing fighter pilot. And she's got all this responsibility. She's blue leader. She's in charge of this evacuation in charge of taking down the bomber and everything about her. You're just drawn to this character upon the first or, or, or second viewing. And then she goes, she dies uh, and dies in a bad way and dies part of this uh, this uh, big thematic lesson for us 
in The Last Jedi. So from there, uh, in analyzing and looking a little bit more into the, the character, and I even did uh, one of the old uh, uh, Force Center memoriams that you can find here on the YouTube channel uh, or uh, in an old Spotlight Star Wars. And just when you learn more, she comes from a great planet, Pip Hip 3. What a great Star Wars. <laughs> and uh, this was, uh, it's not unlike, you talked about, uh, you know, Wild Lark and the connection to, to Luke and New Hope. She's got that similar story of, you know, raised on a kind of a farming planet on a farm. And her dad used to uh, take her up in an A-wing to crop dust the, the farm and, and teach her. And that's how she learned to fly. She could have stayed there. That could have been her life. And she wasn't maybe as directly affected by uh, the the First Order as, say, you know, uh, the, the, the Tico sisters and others who experienced uh, the direct uh, effect and oppression and, and violence of the First Order. She, she didn't necessarily see that uh, as much as the others, but it was still her fight. And she still made that cho- choice to join. And so when I learned even more of that story and then she dies and she, one of her last moments is that great smirk. Uh, uh, it just, I just, I just, I was moved by her story. Really was. And, and, and a lot of it is because Hermione Corfield just gets so much, so much out of those moments. Um, so I, I I've, uh, you know, it started from, I would say, just, it started like hey, a little crush on Tally and it's just become a character. I actually love uh, so much once you you learn the story of all these characters and what they represent and and uh, and, and her greatest moment of victory uh, shortly thereafter becomes um, uh, her final moment really her final moment is, is getting everyone out of the car as best they can and uh, so there you go I'm team tally always will be <laughs> always love tally Lynchard yeah, I think she is uh, so great. I think there's, yeah, there's this counterpoint. We've talked a lot about um, the <laughs> the grumpy old let's do this uh, sign, mm. guys, that uh, we gravitate toward. Uh, but also, yeah, the the young, like, let's do this. We can do this. And I think, particularly at the beginning of that film, in a desperate situation, I kind of think that's what's so great about the, the not only the, the cockpit acting, there's like the believability, right? There's the yeah. like, okay, you know, there's no sense of, I'm an actor <laughs> in a little box that, uh, you know, uh, some people are shaking and I'm, and I'm trying to pretend I'm in a desperate, like there's always just like, who's, who's the best at making that totally believable. But then there's the, which uh, pilots are kind of adding something more. And I think Tally has such a perspective of like, let's get this done. We're going to do this. I think, um, mm-hmm. you know, I know you love the line where she's a, uh, she's a uh, shouting about uh, keeping that tight formation, <laughs> yeah. uh, but the bombs away in like the yeah. thrill of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, of the way that she is reporting that there's so much life and energy in this. Like she is in the fight. There isn't a sense like that. Yeah. Oh boy. Yep. Yeah, well, here we go. Another day, another day, another battle. It's, it's that youth and that energy and almost like uh positivity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Young, the younger generation knowing that this fight is theirs and, and, and not questioning that for one moment and, and getting in there. And uh, she's got the you know, great friendship with uh, Stomarani Stark, uh, another great pilot as well. Uh, <laughs> but uh, love everything about it. Love what you're saying there, what she represents. And, and uh, you know, you and I can celebrate our grumps, but uh, sometimes uh, the next generation uh, has to come in and, and uh, take the lead. And she does it so well. Yeah, absolutely. A great pick. That had to had to include some tally there. Had to include tally. That is my number two choice, which means we're up to, almost up to our number one choices. But we're going to take a quick break here on Star Wars Rank and come back with some honorable mentions and get to our number one choices for our favorite Star Wars pilot. Stick around, Star Wars Rank. Hold up. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome back 
to Star Wars Rank. Joseph Scrimshaw and myself are here. We are ranking our favorite pilots in Star Wars. We have some leaders of the uh, old rebellion, some new faces in the uh, resistance against the First Order, and uh, some who fought the Trade Federation, and some who even fought our beloved Rebels. A wonderful list so far. Uh, we, of course, always have a little uh, a little honorable mentions list that sometimes can get large. I... I realized, Joseph, I was just looking because sometimes, you know, you, you you search the internet to kind of refresh your brain or am I forgetting anyone? And I literally was doing this. Oh, yeah, that character. Oh, yeah, that character. And I, <laughs> I just was seeing a name and writing it down and realized it wasn't even, you know, curating a list. I was just writing every name down. So I had to stop. I had to put the laptop down and stop. Uh, what are a couple of on your album mention list? And did you have the same issue? Yeah, no, I mean, my, my, uh, I, I didn't do the Google search for like Star Wars pilots to look at the list. I just kind of flashed through the, the right. eras in the, the mediums, right. Uh, of, uh, of storytelling. And, uh, yeah, there, there's several more that I wanted to include. A lot of them are because just like of this era or a particular moment. Uh, but speaking of eras, uh, the first honorable mention on my list is, uh, loyal clone oddball. Um, yes. I love how much, uh, you know, we, we get to see that, oh, man, the, the clones have these rich lives. They're individuals. They have names and they have, you know, uh, specialities. Uh, and Oddball is a pilot. And I love just he pops up every now and then. And, and when we're uh, watching Clone Wars report, I have such a thrill of like, hey, it's Oddball. He's back again. And he's a pilot, you know, capital P pilot. So <laughs> uh, a lot of respect for old Oddball. Um yeah, and then jump into the to the sequel era. Um, Tally is a, a great pick, um, but a couple others that I like. Uh, I like Kaithra and Ollie. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of like that Elo Asti is there. Got the great <laughs> Beastie Boys name, <laughs> and then dies, and then yeah. and then it, there's Kai. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, but I, I like him. You know, he pops up. Obviously, he's in he's in flight in that. But uh, you know, he he has that great moment we both love in the Last Jedi where. Uh, Poe is kind of agitating. Is, is that Holdo? Battle Chiron Belt? Yes. Holdo and pops up and uh, and Kai's trying to talk him down and just goes, Poe. <laughs> I, I was watching Last Jedi a couple weeks ago and I was just dying at that moment. It's it's an underrated moment of, oh, Poe, Poe. Like he just knows. Oh, don't, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. And yeah, he's having some great conversations at the end there uh, in, mm-hmm. in the Falcon is, is a survivor. Uh, yeah. So he's a great uh, great pilot. I uh, also wanted to shout out uh, Jess Tester Pava. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, one of those characters of confused canon names. Uh, obviously, a known actor in Jessica Henwick. Uh, we've talked about uh, uh, some of the other places uh, she has appeared. Um, great, great performer. So uh, she does some great uh, cockpit acting. She's fun in the films. And I really enjoyed following her in that Poe Dameron comic. I, I, lo- I love the through line joke that the astromechs get talking and that she is known for losing astromechs. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, if you guys have not taken a, a swing to that Poe Dameron run, it is amazing stuff. The black squadron stuff. Yeah. And that is sad. It's tragic. It's just, she doesn't want to kill droids, but it keeps happening. It just keeps happening. Yeah. That Poe Dameron run is really, really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Just some, some great stuff there. And particularly uh, for celebrating pilots, obviously, because that's what it's all about, but there's great stuff between Poe and Leia and three PO and his spy uh, droid spiring, just so much great stuff in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, great start to your list here. I'll toss in a couple. Um, I, uh, I go into the comics. Uh, this is, uh, but someone who is technically in, in canon in the films. Uh, this is a, a pilot from Alderaan, 
who of course uh, survived the disaster there and it's, uh, becomes, a key, I was going to say is one of Leia's friends, but becomes one of Leia's friends. And it is the Y-Wing pilot, Evan Verlaine or Evan Verlaine, if you want to say that, because why say a Star Wars name <laughs> properly? Just create the <laughs> But uh, I've always said Evan Verlaine. She is uh, like a tall blonde pilot and, and, and you first meet her in that five issue Leia run early, early in the Marvel Comics run in 2014, 2015 range. And she's not happy with Leia. And she's not happy with Leia because she's like, you know, I knew your mom. I I, I trained, uh, took courses. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a student and, and child of Alderaan and the planet's gone. Our people are gone. And you're like, business as usual. Like, what's up, Ice Queen? Like, what are you doing? And she approaches Leia from that side, which kind of addresses we always talk about the thing about Leia that might have not been uh, written correctly in, in, in New Hope, maybe overlooked by George and everyone, but Carrie Fisher plays it in such a way that you can now just take this as a, that's a part of who Leia is. And yes, there's tragedy, uh, but we'll, we'll process it as we move and then we can't give up the fight. And that's so much of Leia and, and Leia experiences that. And she's kind of like, hey, you know, hey, back off. Like, here's who I am. And, and, and they end up through communication and mutual respect. They become great friends. And she shows up again, I believe, in the Resistance Reborn novel. She appears every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, and in canon, she is that Y-Wing that flies away from the Death Star after Luke destroys it. She's the survivor Y-Wing pilot of the Gold Squadron. And for me, a Y-Wing fan, um, that was one of those early moments in, in new canon where I guess you can either love it or not, you get get an answer. But I've always wondered for years, who was that pilot? Because I love the Wild Wings. And now I have my answer, and it's this wonderful character that um, uh, I love her relationship with Leia. I love that comes out of it. I love that through her and her interactions with Leia, we get to answer, uh, get some answers from Leia about the big questions around some of her actions. And I just love everything about the character. Yeah, I'm. I'm so glad you you picked this pilot. Such a great character, and I'm totally with you. Of like, you know, again, watching <laughs> the original trilogy uh, on VHS again and again, and going, who's in that Y wing, <laughs> right? And then, uh, and sometimes when you've been wondering forever, you get a fun answer, you know. And it's, yeah. it's maybe a little bit of Star Wars weirdness of you know, it's, it was a squid guy, and they were best mm-hmm. friends with Salacious Crumb or what? You know, sometimes you get those answers that are like fun. Yeah. To have an answer that's so meaningful <laughs> yes, and propels the story that that's a survivor of Alderaan who knew Braille Organa and is not going to let, let go what happened to Alderaan. Every time, uh, the, the way that I remember specific Star Wars trivia is when uh, it's something that I just care about. And every time I see it on screen, a part of my mind just says the name. And now every time I watch A New Hope and see that Y-Wing, I just go Evan Verlaine. Because I know the answer now and it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking at her appearances too. Maybe she doesn't appear in Resistance Reborn. I can't remember, but she's, uh, she's, uh, has a, a aftermath life that she shows up, some more Star Wars comics. Uh, she is, uh, uh, Battlefront and two Inferno Squad. She's a fighter there. A lot, a lot of places that you can, uh, get to know this character. So, um, but it just means there's a room for Star Wars, uh, storytelling with her. Uh, here in some other way so uh that's just an honorable mention i better stop because she i mean she was so close to making my list but just without i don't know i just felt there wasn't enough appearances uh, for everyone to know but uh, there it is she's on my list the other one i I got a shout out i I do love tem and snap wexley uh you know abrams says hey i gotta throw my buddy uh, greg grumberg in the film let's 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 make you a a memorable pilot and i do love uh everything about him he is uh, part of the the cost of the battle lexical uh, I love going back and learning about him as a, you know, a 14 year old with Mr. Bones and it's less of his pilot adventures, but I just kind of love that, uh, 
he uh, carried on that tradition of, uh, of, of a pilot with a cool nickname that's there for the fight, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, talk about uh, tip of the iceberg to be like, yeah, like to have such uh, outside of the movie cultural knowledge of like, yes, J.J. Abrams' buddy. <laughs> yes. Uh, great actor, charming guy, but like, uh, and he's a kind of a, a prominent pilot. Cool, great. Uh, and then, you know, uh, I remember a mutual friend of ours uh, starting to read the Aftermath books and going, wait, <laughs> <laughs> this is a Greg Grunberg uh, prequel? Uh, but the characters developed so well, so uh, so interesting. And I'll throw in a quick honorable mention as a pilot of his mom, Nora Wexley, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that those books really developed that she was an accomplished pilot, right? And that this is a second generation pilot that really adds to Temin's story. Uh, absolutely. Indeed. Um, another one on my list is a uh, classic. I, you know, I, I thought about, again, this is when I, at the point where I was just, I was literally writing down names because I love them all, right? That's what a Star Wars, being a Star Wars fan sometimes is. Uh, collect them all. Uh, Jack Borkins. Come on. You know, and the name is kind of a play on words and joke. And it's not the, it's not the nicest of play on words, George. <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> it's not the nicest, but um, uh, it, it's just one of those ones you grow up with on the playground. And so because starting out is maybe a, a, a bad wordplay uh, of, uh, of, of William Hookins, a great actor, by the way, um, the late William Hookins, but it starts there, but he, he's one of those first, Porkins is one of the first side characters along with Biggs, but one of the first side characters that I just remember me and my friends celebrating outside of mm-hmm. the mainline and, and starting those uh, legends conversations in our own brain before we even had legends, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think he definitely deserves to be on the list. Uh, a couple more from you. What do you have? I know you're not done. Yeah, I went through a couple of villains. I did want to include some villains. And maybe it's unfair to call this character a villain uh, because they're just doing their job. Uh, but I really like uh, FA4 pilot droids. In particular, the weird little guy who is flying Dooku's solar sailor at the end of Attack of the Clones. Uh, this was one that I looked up for trivia contest. Like, I know that droid's got to have a name or at least we know what kind of droid it is because I've always liked that scene, right? That like... Uh, you know, Dooku so uh, acts in that whole battle like he is so unbeatable. But right once he takes down Obi-Wan and Anakin, he's got that little sigh of like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. put me through my paces. And then Yoda really puts him through his paces. And then he gets on that ship and he's got that gloaty like, I won. But also, I don't fly myself. <laughs> <laughs> I have servants for everything. I've got a droid that's specifically designed to clip my toenails. You know, I, yeah. I'm a I'm a gentleman monster rich guy. I don't do things for myself unless I have to. And then uh, just the design mm-hmm. of that uh, weird little droid. It's such a great uh, prequel design that it looks a little uh, like a mean, menacing little insect guy. I, I love that droid. Uh, it's a great choice. Great choice. Yeah. And my final, uh, this was one uh, that I wanted to celebrate and I didn't know the character's name, but I knew that the character had to have a name. The character, in fact, has two names. Yes. <laughs> Mythyl, a.k.a. Mahler. Uh, Black 2 is the call sign. Uh, this is one of Vader's uh, two uh, wingmen, a uh, TIE fighter pilot. I wanted to celebrate a TIE fighter pilot because, man, just that design is cool. Uh, it's all, like a stormtrooper but it's a flight suit and it's black so cool uh but i I picked mythyl mahler because uh this is the pilot that doesn't actually get uh hit uh, doesn't actually you know get exploded by the falcon uh but the one who (laughs) who looks up with vader's watt and i believe says a lookout uh and just panics just panics, tries to get out of the way, uh, clips Vader, <laughs> sends him spiraling, and destroys himself. Like, look, you gotta, you gotta celebrate uh, a bad guy pilot who blows themselves up. 
I love this choice. And this is a, I'm so glad you picked this for a lot of reasons. Uh, yeah, it, it, he's probably a good pilot with a lot of skills and just, you know, you fumble the ball at the end and you lose the game. There you go. Um, but there, you know, you and I have been doing this a long time. We've been loving Star Wars a long, a long time, our whole lives, like a lot of you out there listening. And, and sometimes either on other podcasts or parties, like you might get introduced, Joseph, I know you do and I do as well. Like, oh, he, this is Ken. He's like a Star Wars expert. That's great. <laughs> I love that term. It's very, I, I get it. I take the respect. It's not true. It's not true. I'm just a student of Star Wars. I love Star Wars and I'm always here to learn. And this character represents me in 2014, not realizing a lot of characters had names that I just called <laughs> guy. Um, I knew about West End games. I knew the legends. I knew you. I, I just hadn't paid attention, man. I, I concentrated on, on other areas of Star Wars. Yeah. And I was trying to do an, an early in memoriam for Jedi Alliance with, with Maud and I. And I was like, what that guy's, I wonder if that guy's a name. Let me go to that Wikipedia thing. And then, oh, his name's Mythel Mahler. Oh my God, there's like pages of story. <laughs> and I just was blown away. Like, oh my gosh, I just, I just had, you know, life had moved on and I hadn't connected with Star Wars on that level from 2005 to 2014, even though a lot of the, the answers for this character probably came earlier in, in Star Wars storytelling. So I was blown away. And therefore I, I just always, every time I watch New Hope now, I think that's ah, Mahler. I know that now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor Mahler. <laughs> so great choice. That, that, that the name, uh, uh, elicits a, a lot of responses for me here. A um, couple of, for me here to close out my honorables. We've got our number one choices. We mentioned them already. It's hard not to mention John Dutch Vander, gold leader. Very hard. Yeah. And, and, and good old I, Hutch. Good old Hutch. Lost Tyree Lutch. Hutch. I mean, sorry, I'm in Dutch. Ah! Um, <laughs> when he shows back up in, in Rogue One and the Y-Wings get their due. As a Y-Wing fan, I loved it. But that was one of the moments where I was applauding in a press screening where no one else was applauding. So I stopped pretty quick. <laughs> okay. I'm the only one that loves gold leader. And then in that same picture, in that same movie, Rogue One is a new character, General Antok Merrick. May he mm. peace, blue leader. First of all, you know, to see in blue squadron has shown up a little bit, but really in Rogue One, that was just, it really made you think of the novelization where Luke was blue five and all that stuff. So that was fun to see, just see blue squadron, but, a lot of those shots I've talked about of just, you know, the, the, the X-Wings and the U-Wings and the Y-Wings. And there's some great just action shots where it, it's a heroic hero shot of all the ships flying up at once. And you're like, the, 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 the rebels are here and we're here for the fight. And we're going to save the day. And it starts to move you and inspire you. And he's at the center of a lot of that. And there's that one great shot where he, uh, I think he's, he takes uh, takes out the the ACT, right? And then he, and they cut to him in the, in the cockpit and he's just smiling. He's just laughing and smiling. Like, yeah. And it just, it's so much of that third act energy is, is represented in his face and his mustache. And, and again, going back to Biggs, like they're like, we, okay, we need a grizzled kind of rebel pilot leader. And he's got to have a mustache as if it's 1977. And Antog Merrick has all of that. Oh yeah. He is a great pick. Yeah. He, he has some great, uh, definite, like, let's get this done action because like, there's some other people around, uh, like cough, cough, Draven, who <laughs> <laughs> like you're, you're frustrated with. Right. And like, he, yeah. yeah, he's the, he's the in, in the cockpit version of Radis of like, let's go, let's do this. Yes. Let's get this done. Same energy, same spirit. So I have to include general Antoc Merrick. Uh, that's our honorable mentions, right? I got all your list. Yep. And mm -hmm. mine, there's could be a lot more on the list. So we'll stop ourselves. Now, our number one choice is here for our favorite Star Wars pilots. I will uh, uh, go to uh, first. So Joseph can close the show. His, his number one. And I am. We've mentioned him before. I've talked about templates of what we look for in pilots. I think he is that. And my number one favorite pilot in Star Wars is Garvin. You can call him Dave. Grace. <laughs> Red leader. 
I love this guy. He's now featured prominently in my stand-up act. And the fact I make a reference, and as always, either the crowd loves and applauds because I've just made a reference to Dave Drace, or people <laughs> go, I don't get that joke. And then my follow-up is the fact that I know that name uh, says a lot about the situation I'm talking about. So I love him. I love uh, uh, the connection to him. And same thing, the template, grizzled leader, red leader. He's got a story. And yeah, you can go to those... That deleted scene put back into special editions and then taken away <laughs> and cut again of of him talking to Luke as Biggs. Uh, oh, this is my pal Luke. Oh, Skywalker. I knew your dad. Yeah, we went to high school together. Um, a paraphrase in there, of course, but a uh, great little scene. I love everything about him. And just, again, template for grizzled rebel pilot. Temple, a template for that leader. T- template for a weird nickname that tells more of a story than you know. Um, <laughs> and just uh, being a part of that pew, pew, pew of Star Wars. And then the sacrifice of uh, uh, committing yourself to the cause is there as well. And he gets so close. Negative, negative, and just impacted on the surface. One of my favorite Star Wars lines. He's so close, but the Force had another hero in mind. Yeah, there's there's so much that's great about uh, Garvin Drace. You know, I, I knew Red Leader. I loved a lot of his quotes. It was, I don't know, five, six years ago that I learned he had the nickname Dave, which <laughs> <laughs> I love so much because for me, nicknames are for making your name cooler, right? Yes. <laughs> so it should be like, you know, uh, Garvin Space Cougar Drace or whatever, you know, uh, but, you know, Dave. <laughs> you know, on the, other, on the other side, he's fighting someone who's like, my nickname's Mauler. It's like, my Dave. <laughs> and they both end up in the same place. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, I, I love the scene that is back in the special edition when he's like, damn, yeah, hey, you sure you can handle this? And, you know, yeah. gets that vote of confidence from Biggs and the, You'll do all right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but the, the little the little flap of uh of the uh, gloves, right? So yep. definitely, definitely the older authority figure. Definitely the guy who's going to take the first run. Um, mm-hmm. he's got a great energy of like I'm keeping everything together. I'm 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 holding holding the line, telling people where to go, what to do. Um, but uh, you know, we were talking uh recently about Book of Boba Fett, and you were using your great analogy about the uh the wrestling world idea mm. of, you know, putting someone over. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think his, his failed run mm-hmm. uh, is so great at setting up the desperation of the situation with, with Luke, you know, cause they've yeah. set up like, eh, can you make that shot? <laughs> yeah. You know, Luke's using the force, turning off his targeting computer. None of that would work anywhere near as well without uh, Dave Trace's sad negative, negative. It didn't go in. <laughs> uh I lo- yeah right like yeah it 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 uh it uh it's so true it just the the like setting it up for luke and even even that final that music there's that music cue uh when red leader uh goes down and, he, and i'd love to that he, he you know it's not that he just explodes it's like yeah he get he has that final moment you know gives an order set up for your attack right yeah but it's just like the music cue hits it's a really big part of why I love that sequence and why all of us love that sequence. I think, especially when you're young and you kind of, it's all in your face, the stress of it, uh, the, the overwhelming odds, it's all there. And, and Dave Drace does, you're absolutely right. Represents a lot of that in the story. And again, who doesn't want to hang out with Garvin? Call me Dave Drace. What a hero. I love this sentence on Wikipedia. He then led Vader as far from the trench as he could before he was finally shot down by the dark Lord. Nice. Letting out one final defiant yell, Drace's X-Wing spiraled into the surface of the Death Star, and he was killed on impact. Oh, man. He 
impacted on the surface doing his very best. <laughs> oh, the tragedy of Garvin Dave Drace. Uh, but I love him. And he's my number one choice for my favorite Star Wars pilot. Joseph, we have reached your choice. What is your number one choice for your favorite Star Wars pilot? This is one of those uh, times where I considered something else, but it's like, no, just be honest. To me, from my perspective, he's the number one pilot because he is the pilot growing up with the original trilogy. My number one is Wedge Antilles. How could it not be? Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, again, growing up with the original trilogy, he was one of the original deep cuts. It's mm-hmm. bonkers to imagine him as a deep cut now in the kind of fandom world uh, that we live in, right? Where you can see the corner of a book in an MCU (laughs) show and then there'll be eight articles about the thousands of times that's appeared and the significance and how it's going to relate to this character. Like uh, we just don't live in that world as much anymore. But back Mm -hmm. in the day, did you know there's that, if you watch, there's that one pilot who lives through everything and he's actually kind of cool he actually does have a decent amount of screen time and then of course he explodes in the the eu books which i didn't re- read a ton of those books mm-hmm. uh, but he's also just he's tremendous in the aftermath books i think yeah. i love the role of uh, uh that that he's kind of stepping up and he's he's making this uh kind of trying to make this transition to to uh, we're still in the war but we got to start uh, training the young generation and uh, you know, really putting himself out there, getting into a relationship, all sorts of adventures. Yeah. You know, I've got to play him in in video games where you switch back and forth between being Luke and being Wedge. And that, that's the great, uh, you know, um, selling point of video games back in the day is like voiced by actual Wedge, Dennis Lawson, the the Wedge. Um, there are many Wedges, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Don't need to get into that. We're talking about the character. Um just uh, just really great uh, of the the way that we were introduced to Star Wars a lot was their their factions, you know, Rebel, Jedi, Imperial, Bounty Hunter, uh, and Wedge was the pilot. He was, mm-hmm. you know, the other guy who lived, the guy who, you know, helped take out uh, the second uh, Star Destroyer. You know, the, the guy who couldn't do any good back there, so lived to fight another day, and it really helped the galaxy that he did. You know, we I, I've been using that template word here uh, on, the, on the episode. I've been dancing around it, knowing that this was coming. <laughs> this, this is the pilot. You're right. This is the pilot. Uh, this is uh, that first trivia answer you learn. This is uh, the when he when I when I connected all those dots. And I'm talking when I'm like seven. I'm like, he's, yeah, well, he's in this one. He's in that one. And he's oh, my God, he's in all of them. He's like Luke, but not like he's not like he doesn't have a lightsaber, but he's Luke. Like it, it made me so happy. I was celebrating that on my uh, with my friends on the playground for for weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and I, I remember, uh, like I said, when I when I watched these a lot, one of the things I would uh, enjoy on my my watch through is tracking Wedge and feeling so validated when he gets featured uh, in the party at Endor. Like that's right. <laughs> yeah. He deserves some some uh, some hugs and some uh, handshakes and some partying too. Yeah, it's one of my favorite. Yeah, it's a top trading card, right? It, it's it's a it's wedge gets a handshake or whatever. I forget the title of. I have that book out there. I'll have to grab it. But just like it's just a shot of him uh, at Endor celebrating, and I, that was just a moment of like you know just justification for loving this guy for so long. He's got his own little trading card moment. <laughs> yeah, and I know for other people too who grew up with some of the Rogue Squadron books that he's yeah. he's a huge he's a titan in Star Wars. You know, yep. I'm sure for some people like one of their main Star Wars characters who drew them into this. So, uh 
I don't want to disrespect him by saying he's just a pilot. I think in some ways he's the ultimate pilot. Ultimate pilot indeed. So happy to have him back in Rise of Skywalker as well. Was it quick? Yeah, but I was reading a little bit about that where Dennis Lawson was saying, yeah, they asked me back and it was supposed to be like three days and I could only do one. And so that's how, that's why you don't have a ton of wedge and he might've, uh, they wanted to maybe do even more of them, but I love that we got him. And it, and it, as an aftermath uh, fan and a resistance reborn fan, those, those great novels, uh, check them out. It made it, that wasn't just, Oh, it's wedge. It was like, yeah, no, he would be that. That's a continuation of his story from those time periods. So love that. he was Yeah, there. absolutely. So yeah, my number one wedge Antilles, as you said, the ultimate, pilot we had a lot of fun putting this list together and i look back yeah we've discussed a lot of these names before a lot of things they've done uh but man we never did a star wars ranked on best pilots and it only took 141 episodes to get to it and it was well (laughs) worth it and again we might you know we've been ranking things for so long we might have to update some lists because now there's more choices because thankfully star wars keeps going joseph thank you so much for coming on in here appreciate the list and all the things you brought to it uh there uh hey we are the force center podcast feed you can find us on twitter at force center pod or instagram youtube as well uh we have a facebook page you can like us there reach out and look for that at for as force center podcast we have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center you can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash force center and a podcast available in a lot of different spots uh, including acast apple podcast google uh, podcast and more and don't forget you can support uh if you want directly at patreon.com slash force center uh, we are also wrapping up our series on the Companion uh, uh, called Databank Dive, exclusively for the Companion. Check it out over there. Go to the Companion app for more. Follow me at Ken Absuck or go to my website, KenAbsuck.com. Joseph, where can they go for you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok as at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out all the other stuff I do on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. So there you go for the heroes of the rebellion, the new faces of resistance, and even those villains chasing us down. Thank you for listening today, my friend. Star Wars has been ranked. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.